There are few things on earth that generate more conversation than wine. For many, the thirst for wine knowledge becomes an obsession, and it's hard to imagine that anyone has fully ingested all there is to know about the world's most revered beverage. We all know people who are passionate about sharing that knowledge and their opinions about wine. But we find an awful lot of the conversations about wine pretty hard to swallow. Welcome to Grape Encounters. Your host, David Wilson, his guests, and the rest of us on the team are here to show you a great time. How to have more fun with your wine. Where to enjoy wine the most. How to immerse yourself into a wine lifestyle that isn't simply about wine. So let's dive into this week's edition of Grape Encounters. Oh, you'll learn plenty, but hopefully it will be knowledge that you can really use. Not like that Latin class you took in high school. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. And it's time for your weekly Grape Encounter. And I'll tell you what, it's been, I'm going to say it's been at least two years since I have spoken to my guest today. That is two years way too long because we like to have him on as often as we possibly can. I always tell people he is the most colorful, the most flamboyant, and forward-thinking person in the entire universe when it comes to wine. It is the inimitable Jean-Charles Boisset. And Jean-Charles, what the heck, man? You are just, you're out of control. <laughs> Bonjour, David. And it is such a pleasure, first and foremost, to hear your as well colorful and charismatic voice and to be speaking from Napa Valley from the history of Napa Valley, because I'm sitting right now at 1881 Napa, which is our new endeavor, our new wine tasting and museum in the heart of Oakville. Well, you've got so many things going on in the Napa Valley, and actually all over the world, really. And I had heard or read in the trades that they're discussing the prospect of changing it to the Boisset Valley. Is that correct or just a rumor? <laughs> The Boise Valley would be fabulous, but we love to share. We feel it's very good that there's a lot of competition as well as a lot of other vintners doing great things. And, you know, so the consumer have diversity in their choice. But we indeed love Napa and Sonoma and California. Naturally, Burgundy, this is where we come from. But we love being here, and we adore the tasting profile of our wines at Raymond, at Buena Vista, 1881 Napa de Loach, and of course, JCB. So I really wanted today to just run down everything that you're doing, but you have been one very busy man the past few years, especially, and I've just been absolutely stunned by the projects that you've taken on. And and one of the things that I think is really wonderful is the work that you're doing in terms of documenting and preserving American wine history. And that coming from a Frenchman is uh, quite a noble thing, I would say. Thank you. Well, as we explain our future in France, we love to explain it through the angle of the past. We love to explain the people who came before us what they've done, and how we're taking it to the next level. So I think it's an approach we wanted to take with 1881 Napa. You see, David, we were very fortunate to have our eyes on the Oakville Grocery for many years as the oldest continuous operated store in the heart of Napa Valley. And we finally bought it early January, and we had the opportunity to refocus it as an amazing destination for fine food, mostly sustainable, organic, and biodynamic, with a great focus 
on local, and then we build an incredible wine department with over 350 different vintners represented in that store. 350? Yeah, plus wine by the glass. So everybody is there. We welcome everyone from Napa Valley to sell us a case of wine or large formats and to have them available uh, for all the wonderful guests we have. So this has been very exciting. And as you know, the Oakville Grocery has an incredible courtyard with a view of Tokalon as well as Markhamas Mountain. So this is the most unbelievable sightseeing location in the heart of Napa in Oakville. And then next to it was that beautiful Victorian home. Right. Built as well in 1881. So we said, let's convert it as a tasting lounge and incredible wine museum on the history of Napa Valley, 19th century. And, and, you know, oddly enough, I don't think that there really was a formidable place to go and soak in Napa Valley history, which seems kind of strange to me. And I know you started the Tool Museum over at Buena Vista. That, that exactly. was So we built at Buena Vista, which is the first California winery based in Sonoma and Napa, in 1857, we started the first wine museum, which is more the global history of wine. And then we put Sonoma within the context of it. So we were missing, of course, the speciality of Napa. So when we acquired the Oakville Grocery, we had this amazing Victorian house. Next to it, we said, let's build a place where people can try every AVA, meaning every appellation of Napa, and at the same time, learn the history of every one of those. Wow. So within that, you have soil samples, you have a, an incredible appellation profile written by Karen McNeil, and then we have a wine museum with the history of every founder of every significant town in Napa. Wow. Yonville, Stag's Leap, Appalachian, to obviously Rutherford, Oakville, Santa Lina, Calistoga, you name it, and an incredible picture assortment that really dive into the 19th century. So we wanted to really focus on the founders, on what really made sense of what people should learn from the 19th century. So we give you a booklet after you do the tasting, after tasting all the wines of Napa from 1881 Napa as a winery made by Fane Knudsen, one of our winemakers. We give you a booklet of the history of Napa and every AVA. And this booklet was written by Lynn Weber and Karen McNeil, so it's very complete about the history of Napa Valley. So I, I was wondering how you went about this, because, you know, most people, I think, you know, at least when they think about contemporary American wine and California wine in particular, that history for most people begins with the judgment of Paris in 76. And yet there were wineries that existed, one of which you own, Buena Vista, that date way, way beyond that. But it really wasn't anything that anybody really thought about. But there was so much that was going on for, you know, a century plus before Napa really appeared on the worldwide wine map. And I guess it really stood to get lost, did it not? Yes, I totally agree. And I think today... What we need to do as vintners is put things in perspective. America is an incredible nation with a short history, but a vibrant history and an amazing history to become the most intriguing nation on the planet. I won't say just powerful, but intriguing as well. Its diversity, its eclecticism, its geography makes it one of the best nations to live in, hence my choice. So Napa Valley is very similar, so we want to make sure all the guests understand the past. To better understand the present, you've got to dive into the source, 
dive into the origin yeah. and know what came before. So I feel my daughters, your children, and everyone needs to know that story by heart in order to really understand wine better. So for us, it has been a lot of fun because all our team, all our tasting managers came and learned about the history and why we did this, and they were elated to really understand why and in which context and how clear it makes sense for us to be part of the history and the future of Napa. So just tell me this. Now, the, the Boisse name is well-known in your native country, France. How far back does the Boisse name go when it comes to wine? Well, quite recently, because my parents, fortunately, started the winery in our living room. Oh, really? So okay. my sister and I really became wine lovers, vintners at birth. We've been, over time, building a portfolio of history and stories that brings us back 24 centuries ago. Good grief. As you accumulate <laughs> wow. every house as we have. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break here, Jean-Charles. We're speaking to Jean-Charles Boisset. You know, by the way, Jean-Charles, whenever um, I do a show with you, you the kind of No, I'm sense. telling you the truth. People are addicted to you. They just Well, they just feel the it. great energy we have together. Well, that you do. Okay, for my very special guest, Jean-Charles Boisset, and people who may not know your name, which I imagine if you love wine, that would be impossible. But for those who don't, they know the brands that you work with. And we'll get into that when we return with Grape Encounters. Merci beaucoup. While most of us think about pairing wine with food, there are countless wine enthusiasts that would rather pair their wine with a great cigar. That's why your Total Wine & More store has an awesome walk-in humidor. Even if you're not a cigar aficionado, you've got to admit that nothing beats the smell inside that room. The moment you walk in, your brain begins to swirl with visions of a great Cabernet or perhaps a port that's been aging for decades. When you're done in the humidor, check out their temperature-controlled wine cellar. Better yet, plan your trip around one of Total Wine & More's awesome tastings or sign up for a class in their comfortable wine education room. Take your passion for the finer things in life to the next level at Total Wine & More. For a Total Wine & More store near you or to make purchases online, just surf your way to TotalWine.com. David will be back with more Grape Encounters in a couple of minutes, which means there simply isn't enough time for him to enjoy more than a sip or two of one of his faves. Oh, the sacrifices we make in the broadcasting business. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio, broadcasting from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine & More, America's largest independent retailer of fine wine. They carry more than 8,000 different wines from every wine-producing region in the world and offer an equally monumental selection of beer and spirits. Here's David. Man, oh man, this is a day I just don't want to be cooped up in the studio because it could not be more beautiful here in Atascadero, California than it is today. You know, I've got a number of notes in the last couple of days from those of you who are in other parts of the country that are wanting to come visit us here in Atascadero. And I really just want to encourage you to go to visitatascadero.com 
where you can find out everything you want to know about this amazing wine region and great places to stay as well. So check it out. Visit atascadero.com. I'd love to have you come and visit me. Well, the one thing that does make it worthwhile to sit in the studio is to be able to spend some quality time with one of my all-time favorite guests, and that's Jean-Charles Boisset. And if it's something that can be done in the wine industry, Jean-Charles Boisset has probably done it or is about to do it. He's my guest today, and we haven't had Jean-Charles on for, I mean, literally two years. I think it was the last Napa Gras that I was at. All right, I'm going to fire a bunch of fast questions off at you because we don't have a lot of time. But first of all, let's just run down the brands for a second because, and not just what you have in Napa and Sonoma, but... Gosh, you've got a project in India, right? We have three wines, Cabernet-based, incredible depth and spice notes. It's called Jenoon, J-apostrophe-N-O-O-N, which means passion in Indy. And then we have a Chardonnay Sauvignon Blanc blend, which I'm insanely in love with because we've never done that blend and it's spectacular. And then we have a sparkling wine, JCB 47, Method Champenoise in honor of the independence of India to England in 1947. Wow. Let's run down the um, American brands for a moment. Yeah, so we started with a winery named Deloach Vineyards in the Russian River. Really French roots, American style. And it's an amazing winery focusing on Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Cool climate region. Uh, a diverse city of over 25 Pinot and Chardonnay produced at Deloach. Then you go on the other side of the hill and you focus on Raymond Vineyards, which is really an American icon, five-generation winemakers, heart of Napa Valley, Chardonnay, Cabernet, Merlot, Red Blend, and Sauvignon Blanc, Napa Valley, AVA. So with an amazing destination on Highway 29, Santa Lina, and Rutherford. We have 1881 Napa, which is our fabulous new winery from Napa with, you know, over 22 wines produced, all the AVAs of Napa Valley that you could taste into that gorgeous Victorian home, which is really on the same land as Opus One and Mondavi. So this is really at the Oakville Crossroads. Stunning. Then you go down to the JCB Expression in the village of Yonville, and we have a whole village dedicated to JCB, which is all the wines I produce, 33 of them. Wow. Sparkling from France and California, Sonoma, Chardonnays and Pinots, and Napa, Cabernets and Red Blend. And then you go down, of course, back to Napa, Sonoma, the town of Sonoma, in fact, to visit the oldest winery in California, which is, of course, Buena Vista Winery with a wine museum, wine caves, barrel tasting, champagne, lounge, and, of course, the history museum. So this is really just a quick synopsis of our winery. We have more, but those are the big highlights. And I might add that each one of these places, there's nothing other than the relationship to you. Each one of these has a very distinct theme of its own, and each one is really, really oriented toward education, entertainment, enjoyment, and dare I say, decadence. That's right. That's what we believe in learning by having fun. So the wines are extremely highly allocated, as you know, from 90 points all the way to 100. Right. So the idea is not just to talk points. You need to talk about the experience and the guests and the visitors. So we want education to be at the epicenter. We want to enlighten the senses of everyone. We want to have people have a great time. So what is critical for us is to use history, education, heritage, but fun to really discover the world we're in in each of the wineries. So Deloach is very focused as the Ralph Lauren house in the middle of the hillside of the Russian River. So it's beautiful 
romantic, bucolic, with insanely gorgeous gardens, all focusing on organic and biodynamic. It's really to enlighten and awake your senses and to get you to think about the world and yourself differently. 1881 Napa is all about history, all about the 19th century. Gorgeous furniture, historical tools and decanters. I mean, that's your place that never changed since 1881. Then you go to Buena Vista and you go even earlier, 1857, and this is all about costume from the period, people receiving you with a great theatrical presence on the middle of the 19th century. Yeah, exactly. Post-Gold Rush era. And JCB is obviously all about savoir-faire, savoir-vivre, celebrating style and introducing us the world of Baccarat because I recently designed a series of glasses and decanters with them. The world of Bernardo, of Christophe. I mean, the really finest luxury coming from Europe specifically. I do have to ask the following question. You know, I was thinking about you back during the Academy Awards because of that performance between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And I was just wondering, knowing your love of Lady Gaga, if there was a tinge of jealousy in your heart when you watched that performance. No jealousy, admiration. Uh, however, as you know, we've chosen a great partner in the entertainment world. Yes. It's a legend. Yes. And and we made the famous Legend Vineyard exclusive LVE Rosé from Provence. We make the Napa Valley Cabernet and Chardonnay. So it's a very exciting venture in that space. So uh, she would be maybe jealous of my relationship with John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you could actually make, honestly, Jean-Charles, the most expensive wine on the planet all you would have to do is connect with Lady Gaga and have her crush the grapes between her bare toes. <laughs> and do you have well, any? Well, I'd love to do that and to do that with her for sure. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if uh, if you have any suggestion, let's do it. I'll put a call into her as soon as I get off with you here. We're talking to Jean Charles Boisset. The I don't even know what your title is anymore because you have so many of them. It's hard to to keep up with you. And Jean Charles, we have a an exciting sponsor now with Grape and. Counters, uh, and I know you know them well, Total Wine and More. We love them. They've been a partner in France for 25 years when the Trone brothers started the operation. We love them. We believe in their vision. They bring a lot of our wines to the marketplace and to, to the lips of a lot of our listeners and their consumers. So Total Wine and More is a very impressive, diverse, rich organization that allows such diversity in their store that we adore doing tastings with them and promoting wine in the United States with them. Well, they're a lot like you in a way because they they have something for absolutely everybody. If you need a really good, inexpensive bottle of wine, you can get it there. If you want something that's really, you know, top of the heap, you can get it there. And, and I know all of your products I've seen listed in their inventory, so it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. But they're like you. They're classy but not stuffy. Exactly. And I think they're very approachable, and that's what we want to be in life. I could drink... $500 bottle of wine or $15 bottle of wine. I think the beauty is to share. Life is about sharing. Life is about openness, being with friends and family and helping people discover other wines that they may or may not know. So that's what they do. That's what we do. That's why all of us, with you included, as an amazing anchor makes us, all of us, an incredible all, group of people. All one great big happy family. Jean-Charles, stay with me for a second. We'll come back for one more segment. And he's just become such a wonderful friend and colleague that I, I, I just can't say enough about you. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this.
Welcome back to Grape Encounters, where we believe there's no way to fake a great wine, and where we never fake our disdain for the really bad ones. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. You know, I had a really uh, surreal experience a few years back when I met for the first time Michael Mondavi, and he met me in front of the Oakville Grocery Store which is just an iconic place in the Napa Valley in the Oakville region. And it just happened to be just a few days after the passing of his Uncle Peter. And now the owner of that store is Jean-Charles Boisset. Jean-Charles, that was the strangest experience to be standing there. And Michael was standing by the newspaper rack that's out in front. I don't know if it's still there. And the headline was the passing of his uncle. And it was in that moment that I got a real sense of the deep history of the Napa Valley and these legendary families and the, the incredible past that has evolved into the incredible present that is there now. How much reverence do you have for that building? And were there people that were worried that you might change it too much? Absolutely. Uh, people are always worried of change, and me too, specifically on historical buildings. So uh, we have an enormous respect for the past and history, and specifically American history. And when it deals with food and wine, it's essential to bring a lot of continuity. So uh, I sent a press release for the fun of it on Fool's Day, saying we teamed up with Disney and we're going to convert it into Disneyland. And I had many people who didn't understand the joke, and they said, oh, you're no. crazy, you this, you that. But... To be more serious, we wanted to really create the destination of the century. So we renovated the building, which had been done by the Rudd family before in a great way. And we really emphasized the historical aspect of it. So within the building of the Oakville Grocery, we've added roughly 30 historical pictures of the building in the 19th century and how life was. We've added maps of all AVAs of Napa Valley, and we've added a lot of historical signs to historical yeah. paraphernalia as we want to really stay within the history of America and California. So we actually went the other way. People are loving the store. Our visitation is up. The quality of the food and the offerings is tremendous. And really, our sales are way up because people want to be there. And keep in mind, David, as you know very well, what you just described being in front of that store, you're looking at Mykamas Mountain. You're looking at Tokalon Vineyards, the most expensive vineyards in America. You're looking at Mondavi, Opus One. You are the epicenter of the valley. So this is yes, the best place sure. to be. Not the $1 million view. Maybe I should say $1 trillion view. <laughs> because you sit there. We have a pizza oven where we cook uh, burgers in the pizza oven, we cook amazing sandwiches, we cook great flatbreads and pizzas and, and macaroni and cheese and all those things. And you see, you sit, you enjoy a glass, a bottle or more of wine, and you reflect on Napa Valley. And this is the best view of Napa Valley where you can actually enjoy food. So we love it. You enjoy wine, food, a historical museum. You can taste all the AVAs. It's the post office. Still today, it's the Chamber of Commerce. Still today, it's the central courtyard of the town. Still today, there's one of the oldest oak trees right there. As I'm here now, I'm hosting some people for lunch in half an hour because this is my new space. This is, yeah. if you want to see me, you come to the Oakville Grocery and you come to the courtyard and you'll see me there contemplating the beautiful, incredible landscape on Highway 29 
where who is who goes. It would be just amazing to be able to know what those walls have heard and the yeah. the plans that were laid that were hatched right there in that very humble little building. If you could just beam yourself to any point in history and hear the conversations that took place there that then led to some of the greatest achievements in winemaking, it would be just staggering. This is the spot. This is the place. The very, very, very best. Okay, let's see. What have we missed now? Oh, we did not talk about the book. This was a great collaboration of yours, and I, I want to make sure to mention it because I had wanted to do an interview with you, but you were so popular at that point in time because everybody was clamoring the paparazzi just out of their mind wanting to talk about this collaboration. Just give us a quick rundown on this. So we did two books. We did The Passion for Wine with Marnie Old, which is a great way to introduce French history to the American ideal. And it's all about the spectrum of style and how to talk about wine in a very fun, exciting, simplified manner. Yeah. And then we just released another book called The Alchemy of the Senses, which is really a insane book, introspection into all your senses and a deep dive into who you are as far as your taste, your emotion, your senses, your spirit, your mind, your understanding of the land, and who you are as an individual. So we transport you into a journey that is second to none. This is called the alchemy of the senses. It's in velvet. It has, as well, notes that you could smell in the books and guess, uh, touch pads so you could feel the materials and the texture of wine. It has mirrors. It has holograms. It's oh, a playbook that has never, ever been created in the world of wine. That is really cool, and you could see it. We're doing a tour around the country, and you could join. The website is thealchemyofthesenses.com. Thealchemyofthesenses.com. Okay. I'm going to guess that the book is not inexpensive. $400. Chump well, change. it is, because culture at this level, it costs us a fortune to do because it's an interactive book. From music to sound to visuals, you'll see it. it's not the idea for us to make money, but just more to enlighten, transport people on a journey and to get them to think about the world in a very different fashion. Sounds like the ultimate holiday gift. That's it. That's, you know, that's not too far away. There were a number of stories in the trades this week talking about the really deep concern that Napa winemakers are having, especially where Cabernet Sauvignon is concerned, and what lies in the future based on most years being above normal temperatures. Where do you stand on all this? What are you doing? Well, absolutely. So we're very focused as a company on organic and biodynamic farming, which means using plants to treat plants and to prevent anything in the vineyard. So we've been on that for a long time. So our grapes physiologically are better thanks to that. We're minimizing the usage of water. So we stress mold the plant and she goes for nutrients deeper. We are all on solar panels, on better water management programs on better recycling programs. So we've been at the forefront, really accompany this global warming philosophy. So we harvest earlier and we manage it so the wines are not overly ripe. So we want to be on the cutting edge, which I really believe we are. So we will be affected, no question about it. We have seen it as well in Burgundy. We've seen it in the UK. This is why we have a sparkling wine 
Bright Valley with Steven Spurrier in the UK that we could have never had 50 years ago. And now, as you know, English sparkling wine is great thanks yeah. to global warming. So I think we need to measure the pros and cons. It's irreversible. The effect is here. We all see it. We all know it. And it's no secret. So we're really doing all those techniques to slow it down. And I know there's just a lot of work being done in creating more resilient vines. And, you know, there's a lot of science that trying to help counteract the negative impact where fine winemaking is concerned. But at least the wonderful thing about the California wine industry, really the American wine industry, and probably uh, the worldwide wine industry is that uh, winemakers and grape growers are incredibly conscientious where the environment is concerned and maybe among the most conscientious where the environment is concerned. Exactly. And, and we've been, obviously, we've been on the organic and biodynamic front now for the last 20 years on a very active basis. As you know, it's a big chapter in our book. Uh, it's a big chapter of our life. I'm very involved in this. I'm passionate about it. And we are big spokespeople for that. So That's I really think it's, it's essential to somehow gather all of us and identify ways to slow it down. But unfortunately, there's bigger forces around the world that are accelerating this. So we all need to regroup and make sure that we are very concerned and active to, um, uh, you know, to slow this down. Well, count, count me in on that. Jean-Charles, we're going to have to say goodbye for today, but for... It's tragic, but I look forward to it. I next. know, but we're going to get together in a few weeks then. Absolutely. We're waiting for you with whoever guests you desire at Agent 69. Agent 69, right? All right. Hey, listen, Jean-Charles, what a pleasure, man. This was a great conversation and we're doing something new with Grape Encounters. Some of our signature conversations like this will be released in trans transcript form as well. All right. Well, listen, hey, thanks very much. And and thanks to Megan for sending that invitation and, and always doing a great job keeping us connected with the amazing Jean-Charles Boisset. We are in We will uh, We'll talk to you later. Thanks very much. And we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Sometimes drinking wine makes you just want to curl up in a comfy chair and dream about puppy dogs, faraway places, and other happy thoughts. Or you can just enjoy that cuvee in your glass and lose yourself in the conversation on Grape Encounters Radio. People often ask, Why hasn't someone tarred and feathered Grape Encounters host David Wilson for breaking so many of the old rules? Simple. No one likes the old rules. Oh my gosh, during the break, I had a couple of run-ins with the animal kingdom. You know, we have a couple of minutes of break, so I thought I would just stretch my legs and, and go outside for a second. And the minute I opened up the door to the studio and went out into our courtyard, I smelled this intense smell of skunk outside. <laughs> just standing there when a little skunk goes walking right past me. And I'm thinking to myself, I got to get inside quick. You know, I would probably have been the very first person on the radio to ever complete a show drenched in whatever it is, skunk juice, <laughs> but I, I managed to avoid that. Okay, so then I get inside and I'm getting the board all ready for this segment of Grape Encounters, and 
had a little dog. His name is Henry, and I just about launched him into outer space. <laughs> I uh, forgot to close one of the channels on the board, and when I uh, turned on my microphone, there was just this explosive amount of feedback, and Henry just like <laughs> he almost launched into outer space. And what's really funny about Henry is, and I got Henry, uh, gosh, it's been about like eight months ago. I adopted him from my family. I got to post some pictures of Henry online so you can see him. He is the most adorable thing you've ever seen. He's a multi-poo, and he's a little white fuzzball, and he's got a mind of his own. I adopted him from mom and dad because he was getting a little neglected because my parents have some, uh, well, they've got some serious mileage on themselves at this point in time. So Henry's come here. When I first brought him here, he bit me like three times. (laughs) He had anger issues. I tell you what, but now he just loves to sit in the studio and hang with me. He's always like three feet away and he's adorable, Uh, but uh, he did not appreciate the feedback. I'll tell you that. And I thought Henry was going deaf, but I think I just uh, proved the point that Henry's not going deaf. He's just ignoring me most of the time and pretending like he can't hear me. He does not like to behave, but he is very quiet in the studio all the same. Anyway, what a pleasure to have Jean-Charles Boisset on Grape Encounters today. I tell you what, you really should do your homework when it comes to Jean-Charles. He is really a really fascinating man who is doing just some mind-blowing things. He's got his fingers in so many different pies. I came across a really good article from last year, and it is with John Charles and John Legend, and they've got a project together that you really want to kind of check out. And there are so many magazines where you'll find Jean Charles on the cover. He is dashing. He is charming. He is just, you know, everything most of us want to be. And, you know, just learn a little bit more about Jean Charles. The more you learn about him, the more you love him. And I, I certainly do. All right. So we're going to wrap things up here in just a few minutes. But uh, there were some things that I definitely wanted to talk about before we go today. One thing that's been on my mind, and I always forget to mention this to y'all. Oh, to y'all. And it's this, that, you know, so many times I see couples, especially, who are living together and they do everything together and they want to try to find that perfect bottle of wine that is going to make both of them happy. And I'm going to wager to say that the odds of that happening are generally pretty slim, And I don't know why we all do this, where we we try to find a bottle that's going to be pleasant for everybody that's going to drink from the bottle. And it's really not necessary, right? It's like, why are we doing that? Nobody is going to be 100% happy when the bottle of wine that you choose is a compromise. And that's one good thing about being able to buy wine by the glass is you don't have to drink the same thing as your partner. And if you're drinking wine at home together, you don't have to drink the same thing as your partner there either. You can just get what you like and your partner can get what he or she wants and be happy. Find a nice way to preserve the wine. There are so many different options out there. If you have any questions about 
wine preservation, you can just go to grapeencounters.com and you can search for wine preservation. Over the years, I've made a lot of different suggestions. Maybe the easiest one is to just simply get a can of something called Private Preserve. And I think there are other products out there that are similar. It's just argon gas in a can. So after you open up a bottle, you can just squirt this argon on there and it creates a protective layer between the wine and oxygen, and then the wine's not going to turn as fast as it normally would. You're still going to have to drink the wine within, you know, three or four days, but it's better than sitting there and suffering through a wine that you are drinking reluctantly because it's what your partner enjoys. There's just so many great wines out there, and don't do that to yourself. What if you had to wear the same clothes that your partner wears, you know, that would be ridiculous, right? We don't do it with clothes and we generally don't do it with cars or any other consumer products. So let's not do it with wine. The next thing I wanted to mention is that I finally got a really nice supply in of a product called Umbrellux. And this is a histamine neutralizing enzyme. We talked a couple of times on the show about people who have wine allergies, you know, who literally just like break out and turn bright red and find it even difficult to breathe sometimes because you've got some kind of allergy to wine, the wine skins, maybe it's some ingredient there. But I did get a nice supply and I want to give them away to you. I've got about 20 bottles of Umbrellux, and I'm really curious to see if it really does work. So I'm going to invite you to just, you know, give me a call if you want a supply of this to try. The only thing you have to do for me is just promise me that you'll write me back and let me know if it works for you. That would really be very much appreciated, and I'll shoot it right off to you, okay? You can just go to grapeencounters.com, send me a note, and say I want some Umbrellux. It's U-M-B-R-E-L-L-U-X. All right, that's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. I really appreciate you guys listening. If you want more episodes of Grape Encounters that you haven't heard before, go to grapeencounters.com and we've got a brand new podcast and that is The Wine is Talking. It's available at thewineistalking.com. It covers subjects that we don't cover on Grape Encounters and it's just more content for you to absorb. Many thanks to our sponsor, Total Wine and More. You will never find a greater selection of wine in one place. It's just totally and utterly amazing. If you want to become more familiar with them, go to TotalWine.com. We'll be back here at the same time next week on this same channel with more Grape Encounters. We look forward to talking to you then. Music.